Hi, everyone, and welcome to our podcast, Conundrum. Um, my name is Mira. I'm Reina. And we're going to be talking about everything from AI art to science stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> Basically, anything we want to talk about. Yes. And this is our first episode, and the title of it is AI Art and the fear of the loss of genuine art. All right, so let's begin with what AI art even is. So AI art is actually art that's created by artificial intelligence or algorithms coded by humans. And in today's world, AI art is referred to in a more aesthetic sense, but it actually has its origins more in like a mechanical and a mathematical aspect as well and one of the first examples of a person that has thought of computers more in an intricate way is a woman named ada lovelace who was the first computer programmer or creative coder who believed that computers could be taken more past mechanical calculations or arithmetic calculations that were only used in research for stocks or any other mathematical aspect. Later in the 1950s, when AI art garnered a lot of attention from studies and scientific research, a man named Alan Turing, an English computer scientist, was put in a secret team of researchers during World War II who were studying the Nazi regime's codes. And they could. the problem was they couldn't break the codes fast enough to respond to them in time so they were losing the war and what this man did is that he created a computer that could break those codes faster than a human ever could as a result this man created one of the first intricate machines that could mimic a human mind as a result from this very test from this very creation he created the turing test which examines a computer's capabilities to exhibit intelligent behavior like a human mind or a human brain. What would happen in this test is that a human would be sat down with a machine. They wouldn't know it's a machine, but they'd be sat down and they'd have a brief conversation with it. At the end of the test, they'd be asked a singular question, whether they thought they were talking to a machine or a human. And if the the person said that they thought they were talking to a human then the machine was believed to completely be able to mimic the human mind so throughout the 1950s many people started to become more involved in this research of trying to mimic the human brain creating clones creating different types of computers that could follow through with different aspects of human day-to-day life However, later on, in a more cultural sense, more and more artists, more and more inventors took it into their work. Examples of these are Manfred Moore and Vera Molna, who used it for aesthetics in their art, in a more cyberpunk kind of aspect. All right, so now in order to understand um, what really is kind of what's behind the programs that create this um, art, you probably you we need to understand GANs. Well, what they stand for is generative adversarial networks, and in order to understand them, you have to look at the premise for their development. 
So when programmers were coming up with these things, they started out by asking questions. What if we can teach machines to be creative? If they can create an image, why not then a painting? And if they can create a sound, why not a pleasing sonata? It was things like this that the ideas that um, Ada Lovelace and Manfred Moore and Vera Molnar had that um, was taken to the next level. Okay, so a generative adversarial network is a machine learning model in which two neural networks compete with each other to become more accurate in their predictions. GANs typically run unsupervised and use a cooperative zero-sum game framework to learn. So basically what this means is that there are two networks and they're constantly trying to one-up each other in order to become more advanced. And as they do this, they become more and more advanced and they become more capable of creating um, different things such as, you know, sonatas and art. The system is made up of two components. One, a generator tries to produce an original image while a discriminator contains a database of many images and discriminates, if you will, whether the generator's work is truly new. The two are in dialogue with the generator trying to outsmart the discriminator, hence adversarial as in enemies. So they're really just competing against one another to see how good they can become. In the modern day world and on platforms online, there is a huge controversy regarding AI art. And taken from Lauren Duplessis from the Domestica website, she says that the originality of human-made art results from the idea itself and not from the outcome of it, which basically says that... The idea of the art, the concept that you think of, weighs more than the actual time and practice you put into creating it. And she uses the example of cameras. She says that the idea and the pose and the setting that you take the photo and the idea you have of the photo that you take weighs more then the types of lenses you use, the types of cameras that you use, shutter speeds, etc. And so I think from this perspective, we can try to understand why there's a huge like debate about it and why there's different nuances in the topic of AI art. All right, so another aspect of this whole controversy is um nfts which is kind of a becoming a big part of the world of art these days and it's confusing but nfts are um just unique units of data that certify the originality or legitimacy of a creation most nfts that are popular online are art generated so they're coded into a computer to create artworks without the fuss of dealing with an actual person and they're used to make revenue hence their involvement in the debate about ai art what they are is they're a form of cryptocurrency which is why they can be so confusing so nfts are a form of decentralized certification and an interesting way that uh, i think about it is consider an nft as a deed for a property it has all of the detailed technical details about it, and you can only own the property if you have the deed. That's basically what an NFT is. 
they're very secure and they're pretty much impossible to duplicate and nft certificates are based on ethereum which is a blockchain and they are used using a cryptocurrency called ether a blockchain is a type of database where data can only be added and it can't be edited or deleted so what this does is it increases the value of a piece of digital artwork because it has an NFT that's impossible to duplicate, which ensures digital artwork itself can't be duplicated and then sold for more money. All right. So to understand why a lot of people have been talking about NFTs and AI art in regards to commissions and in regards to the art community online, we need to take a step back and try to understand the art community as a whole. Even though it's a very convoluted and intricate community, we can boil it down to the basic and essential parts of it. Starting from commissions. Commissions are a way for artists to sell their artworks online. Potential buyers commission artists to draw something of their request in exchange for money, and many artists have commission layouts on their pages detailing prices. Many accounts rely on these commissions to get out of abusive situations, afford different medical procedures, etc. So it's not really a way for you to make money in your spare time. An example of a way where commissions and NFTs and AI art in general was put in this like mess online is in an event regarding Liam Sharp, an artist from DC Comics, whose DeviantArt website and account had to be taken down. He says, Sadly, I'm going to have to completely shut down my entire DeviantArt gallery as people keep stealing my art and making NFTs. I can't and shouldn't have to report each one and make a case which is consistently ignored. As of 2020, 80% of art buyers have stated that they use social media platforms such as Instagram to get into contact with artists that they may be interested in commissioning. That means that the majority of art buyers are on the internet trying to get in contact with these artists. And if you de-platform these artists, they aren't able to make use of their largest opportunities to get money and to get clientele. So another, as you clearly can tell, NFTs can be taken advantage of as with the example of Liam Sharp. Um, but another example is uh, Ching Han, also known as Puni on social media, passed away due to cancer in 2020. She was a popular di digital artist that drew art inspired by the anime card captor Sakura. This was pretty big news. If you were on the internet, you probably heard about it. And just a month before she died, she posted an art piece titled Birdcage which is one of her most popular pieces. She posted it just as she was being placed in a cardiac intensive care unit and placed on extra beta blockers. Just barely a year after her death, someone stole her identity to sell NFTs of her work on a platform like the one that was used uh, called Twincy. All you need to do is collect tokens to set up an account with pre-existing cryptocurrency wallet. You don't even need to list an email address to make an account. And once your wallet is connected, your account automatically opens and you can begin collecting and creating NFTs. In my opinion, it's a disturbingly easy way to create an NFT. All you have to do is upload any image and then name the chosen price and the, in some sort of crypto. And after that, whatever platform you're using will mint a token and then that collectible goes on the marketplace. It just goes to show that it's so easy to create nfts and that's why so many artists are having problems with keeping their artwork and making commissions because of the lack of controls and regulation regarding nfts 
especially with them being so new, they have become popular in just the last uh, few years or so. And because of their decentralized nature, it's even harder to track people and hold them accountable if they commit crimes like stealing art to make profits off of it. So now we're going to kind of do a discussion. You know, what is actual art defined as? What's the value of actual art? Yeah. (laughs) So it's a really convoluted and interesting topic because different communities worldwide and different societies have different examples. They have different ideas of what actual art is defined as. And I think really it's... You have to think about the community in a way, because throughout, like, the art community's existence, there have been multiple debates on what actual art is, what authentic art is, and I've lived through these experiences myself online. Digital art was actually a huge debate for the longest time, because Artists could create patterns online that they didn't have to spend time creating, like, in person with, like, a pen and a paper, you know? And it was, like, this entire thing where people were like, oh, but you're you're still putting in the time, you're still putting in the effort. And I think, really, what the problem is, creating it without any, like, thought process behind it, you know? Like... We were talking about artists who used AI art in aesthetics like Monfred Moore, and I think they had an idea of what was going on because if we start to use AI art in a more aesthetic sense, as in like references and ideas and little aspects of art, I think we can go beyond just saying, oh, AI AI art is bad and like eventually like develop it into like a tool that we use, you know? Yeah, I agree. In my opinion, I feel like art is defined by its intention. I feel like mm-hmm. um, AI art kind of, because it's created by machines, that's why people have a lower opinion of it currently, but that's bound to change because we had you know, calculators and that revolutionized stuff. And before that, people just calculated themselves. And... Um, I think AI art is probably going to become maybe not integrated into like museums, but it's definitely going to become a really big part of internet culture, online culture, and it's kind of inevitable and unavoidable. Mm-hmm. It's like technology is such a huge thing in our society now because we're going to keep advancing, you know, we're never going to stop unless some like something forces us to stop you know and i think ai art and like nfts and everything is like sort of like a byproduct of that process and i think this debate is going to end just like how the digital art and 3d models debate ended by like stating that ai art is a tool that you can use but it can't be like the outcome you know it can't be the only thing that you're doing but when you were talking about intention i did want to ask you what you thought about that one quote by lauren from domestica that said that the real portion of art in our society is the concept that people create because if we think about that then like isn't 
AI art, wouldn't AI art technically be art if we go with that kind of, like, ideology? Because people still have to, like, input, like, ideas into the algorithm for it to work. I feel like that's definitely a good aspect of it, but art, from what I understand, is art that's made by humans is it has value in it because of its intention because of the labor that was spent over it and i feel like because ai art doesn't have as much labor it's somewhat instantaneous Mm -hmm. it has less value in society right now but i think that's gonna definitely change yeah it's like creating the art you know like with whether it be like digital or like on paper the artist even though they don't have like a clear idea of what's going on in the, like in the beginning of creating this like work of art they have this idea that sticks with them throughout the process and i think with ai yeah. you put like you know you like put a pun- like a bunch of keywords in and then you like see what happens you know there's like no <laughs> i don't want to say there's no like soul in it but you know there's no like thinking process that goes behind it other than like yeah thinking of like something that looks cool you know i think it's probably going to become something like you know how parents talk to teenagers like get off your phone like it's mm-hmm. probably going to be something sim- similar to that <laughs> I think maybe not in our generation <laughs> Please. it'll be become- like parents come into the room they're like stop using the ai <laughs> No, um, I think it'll become more of a thing in the generation after us as we become more and more digitized. Yeah, you know. Um, but for now, I think it's just kind of like that alien concept that's yeah, kind of know? unreachable because it's pretty inaccessible for a lot of people. Yeah, it's like, that. you bring up a really good point, like the inaccessibility of AI art. I think that's why a lot of people yeah. like, view it as kind of like alien but it's also a huge problem with it you know like oh my god ai art is it's like a huge example of how like the art community is slowly becoming more and more inaccessible to like yeah like the normal and like the average person you know like different different like colors and like different paint tools and different things yeah a lot of materials that yeah. people used to use for art are becoming so expensive so expensive that it's just oh my it's God. just not feasible for a lot of people i feel like that kind of goes um with like the sense of elitism that the art yeah. community has it's yeah. very very strange and like personally yeah. like i'll see artists that get um tons of money for a piece that an unknown artist would have gotten like nothing for i think there was right there was a thing with the art community between this man named Stuart semple and anish kapoor he created this shade of black yeah 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 that nobody else could get and he was like he made it like an insane price yeah, he was like, nobody else is allowed to use this. It's mine, it's mine, you know? And Stuart Semple, absolute god, he was like, okay, well, if you get the black, we get Pepto-Bismol pink, and you're not allowed <laughs> to buy it. No, it was so funny. He put up this website, and he he you had to go on the website and certify that you were not Anish Kapoor 
to buy the pig. <laughs> you know how, like, websites have, like, are you a robot? They had, like, are you Anish Kapoor on the website. It was, like, it was so funny. But the thing was, so he got somebody to buy the pink for him. And then all of a sudden, it was, like, something where, like, the elite, like, had something that, like, they couldn't get. And then all of a sudden, like... They wanted it, like, really bad. And I think that's, like, a huge thing in the community where, like, it's becoming so elitist towards, like, the average person where it's, like, the art community should be, like, something authentic for everybody, you yeah. know? It should be unique to your own experiences as an artist. Wow. And I feel like this example of Pepto-Bismol paint, <laughs> like, like, a specific shade of black is just, just representative of how, like, just insane the art community is becoming and how like it depends on who you are and if you have a certain level of class or you have done something that is deemed valuable then your value and the things that the products that you create are just more valuable instantaneously regardless of like whether it's objectively better which I know in art is not doesn't really exist because everything's subjective but it all depends on who you are and how much value you have in that community and how other people view you. Yeah. And I think AI art, as it becomes more advanced, as it becomes more accessible, you know, as like it strays away from like the blackest black of like the internet, it's like I think people are going to be more accepting of it. Because I think the problem now is, like, that people are, like, people haven't really had the opportunity to realize what different aspects that AI art brings to their art. Because they aren't allowed to use it, you know? AI art costs so much. And, like, online... Yeah, there's a lot of resources dedicated towards it. Yeah, and it's, like... It's priced so expensive online. Oh my god, I remember seeing you know like the rainbow cat with like Yeah, the, yeah it, it got, sold it for got, like millions of dollars or it something. It got sold. How do you sell the rainbow cat, bro? It's like uh, it was it's like I think as art becomes more monetized, it's like slowly losing like the culture. Like, I'll see people, like, posting videos online of, like, artwork that took, like, three hours, right? Or, like, days or months. And they'll put, like, the price on it. They'll be like, oh, I sold this for this much amount of money. I sold this for 1K. And the comments will be an absolute bloodbath because how dare yeah. you put a price it will on it? just absolutely your- flame the person. Yeah, it's like, how dare you put a price on something you made, you know? That kind of ties into how it's so difficult for artists to make a living because um, if you don't have that, you know, prestige or that reputation in the community, you just don't get paid for your work enough to sustain yourself. So that's why so many artists do their art as like a side job. It's like, yeah, because you'll like see parents going around being like, oh, you, you should probably stray away from the art field because it's so hard to like gain a living from that and I think that's because throughout the ages art has like it's retained like it's isolation from money 
I think the art community as a whole needs to like what like rather than like flaming each other in like the comments section or yeah. like like completely destroying each other and like battling like black is black with Pepto Bismol pink, I think if the community does get destroyed, everything gets destroyed, you know? And yeah. I think hating on other people is not going to bring yourself up. <laughs> and I think that's a lesson that a lot of people in our community need to learn. It's like, yes, hating on people is bad. Thank you for that absolutely revolutionary like idea. Message. But <laughs> it's not, it's like the the age-old lesson, two wrongs does not make a right. <laughs> yeah, like treat others the way you want to be treated, you know, like the golden rule, you know, because it is going to come back and bite you. Yeah, and I feel like the more we talk about it, the more the better that we understand it, for one, and yeah. two, we can also bring, you know, more awareness to it. Yeah. Well, AI art has made... A huge impact on our society and I think that as we talk about it we can gain more experience on the topic as well as trying to understand where the artists come from and where the AI artists yeah. come from you know so I think that this entire discussion has been like a huge step in the right direction even though it's just like two people talking about it and like a person listening to it but I yeah. think as more and more discussions open up we will be able to see which path this like new medium takes and this might this is probably just my opinion but i am really excited to see how people use it in their artworks and to see yeah. what like happens with the medium you know yeah anyways that's going to be all for today mm-hmm. thank you so much for listening um yeah we'll see you in the next one <laughs>